Welcome to the Lotco Business Podcast, a show all about helping you as a retailer, brand, or creative understand the actual business side of running your business. I offer straightforward, practical advice about the nitty-gritty of making money from your creative passion. We will be covering bite-sized business and marketing lessons, as well as interviews with experts and trailblazers in the fashion, homewares, and design industries. My name is Melissa Robbins. I'm a business coach, colour-loving, non-coffee-drinking Melbourneian. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Melissa Robbins. I am again super excited to share with you today this episode, which I just sort of had a little think about and wanted to share this because I've started to see these trends, you know, sort of come up again and again. All the different businesses that I've worked with, those that are successful, I sort of, you know, can see these trends and things happening. That I just wanted to share with you what those 10 things are or what 10 things are characteristics of successful product-based businesses. So these may obviously be relevant for service-based businesses as well and running your own business, but this is just something that I wanted to share with you based on picking up, having conversations, talking to different people, seeing those ones who are successful, what they're doing. So here we go. We have got 10 things that successful product businesses do. Number one is they take risks. So that is a risk on whether they need to move into a warehouse, whether that is they need to order a minimum order quantity of you know their first order. They may have to spend money getting samples made. They have to order a volume of something to sort of get started and get going, or they have to tell you what, exhibit at a trade show and spend money doing something. But they all involve a bit of risk. So you have to be prepared as an entrepreneur to take risks. You know, whether they're calculated or not, whether they're sort of, you know, well thought out, there is some element of risk involved. So number one, you have to be prepared to take risks. Number two is they all sell on more than one channel. So very, very few businesses that I see or that I've worked with or that, you know, are case studies that I've looked at, someone just sells on one channel. So most of the time they've got different sales channels that they sell to. So they're diversified. Whether that, again, is whether they're direct-to-consumer, they just sell on their website, or they have pop-up stores, or they have wholesale that they sell to. Maybe they sell on Amazon. They've all got some, some diversity. So it's not just in one on one channel, and they're not relying on customers coming from just one source. So that is one. And you see this again and again from those big direct-to-consumer brands that first started out as sort of quite unique and different. They often have moved into wholesale or they've moved into bricks and mortar retail as well. So not many of them are just purely online only. So yeah, diversified and they're really considered about where they revenue streams come from. Number three is they use multiple marketing channels. So this one might be obvious in terms of, you know, you don't have, want to have all your eggs in one basket. I've talked about this a number of times. Social media is not a marketing strategy. You need to have a plan. You need to have different ways to market your business. You need to rely on not just paid advertising, but you also need to, you know, work on your earned advertising. So, you know, whether it's SEO, your search, whether it is your email marketing, whether it's your organic, so social media, Pinterest, again, SEO. So all those things, as well as paid ads, but it's not just relying on one marketing channel. So similar to number two, they use multiple marketing channels. Number four is often they attend trade shows. 
So this is one way to grow your wholesale side. And obviously, it's not the only way. You don't have to do it. But that is a great starting point for growing your wholesale revenue stream is attending trade shows. So getting those first 20, 30, 40 stockers through trade shows and then building from there. And often what will happen is momentum will take over there and you can service the customers you've got. You don't always need new ones, but attending trade shows in those first few years really helps give you that boost and get out in front of people. And it also is a great place to meet distributors and agents and other things like that as well. All right, number, what are we up to? Number three, four, five. Number five, the early years, they invest money back into the business, whether it's buying more stock, whether it's attending trade shows, whether it's marketing. But most of that money in the first few years that they income or profit that they they have, often it goes back into, you know, whether it's photo shoots or other things like that. But a lot of money goes back into the business. There's not much they take out of the business in those first couple of years. Everyone obviously is very different. But in those first few, that's just common trends that I have seen. Number six is that they do it their way. They don't follow what everyone else is doing, what anyone else is doing. They're not worried about if what the rules are or what other people say that you have to do. A lot of the ones that I work with or that I've seen, they work from home and they only have two employees or they outsource everything and they don't do their own 3PL, like they have a 3PL, they don't pack their own orders. But they set up the business in a way that suits them. So they decide when they work and how they work. They don't let it be dictated the other way around. So they really manage it how it suits them. They obviously spend a lot of time in their business and working on their business, but they don't necessarily spend all their time in the business packing orders or really hustling on those day-to-day making tasks as well. So they do it their way, but often that involves you know setting up the system that suits them. Hello, lovely. If you're looking for a way to grow your product business without relying on Facebook ads or posting daily on social media, then I invite you to register for my free masterclass. This is happening very, very soon. And inside of this masterclass, I'm sharing the strategy behind building a profitable product-based business so you can attract consistent customers and scale to six figures and beyond. I also emphasize how to create a sustainable long-term business, which is such an important factor for me. I'm so excited to be teaching this masterclass soon. So make sure you go and register for your free spot by heading to the link in the show notes below. All right, number seven, come ties into that as well, is that they outsource and let go of some of the control of the business. They're not holding super tight onto every single decision that has to be made. They're not holding onto every single task and doing everything themselves. They're prepared to outsource, they're prepared to let go of some control and that some others may have skill sets that they don't have, therefore they're better off employing someone to do it or it's a contractor that does it for them or as I said, 3PL. They don't do everything themselves. So they're prepared to outsource and let go of some of the control of things that are going on in the business. And that might be day-to-day tasks, not necessarily big strategic decision-making things, but smaller day-to-day things that they don't need to let's say, oversee every email that gets sent out. They don't need to oversee every single social media post that goes out. They can let go a little bit of that sort of thing and let others do it. Number eight is they continually evolve. They never stop. What they do is they never stop changing their product, evolving their product, editing their product, or adding new things into their product range, or adding new categories if they're a retail store. So they continually evolve and look at what else is going on. What else can they do? 
where else can they explore a new a new opportunity? And they don't stay still for too long. So one kind in particular I'm thinking of is they do get copied a lot by other bigger sort of, you know, retail stores, and I won't mention any names, but they get copied a lot, but they just move on. They're not worried about what's going on. They just have to move forward and continually evolve and continually change and stay ahead of those other people. So they're continually looking at, okay, well, how can we make sure that we're not getting stale and stuck? How can we always have something new or slightly different, not necessarily a new product range, but a new colorway or a new shape, or if you have got a retail store, as I said, a new category. All right, number nine, they manage their cash flow and their inventory. So one of the things that get businesses fail is that they don't manage their cash flow properly and they get caught out by inventory as well issues. So it's really important to make sure that you understand what are the sort of barriers or holdups in your inventory? Is it one of the components of your products that, you know, if you didn't have it, everything else falls apart? Do you have a supply chain that that particular component of your product takes 12 weeks? So making sure that they understand their supply chain, the flow of stock, the right amount of stock at the right time. Obviously, that is hard to achieve full success with. That's always one of those tricks. But generally, they know how much stock they have, how they can move that stock, they know what inventory they have, and they know what componentry they need to sort of keep that flow going. And there's not holdups in sales because of something else that they haven't ordered or something gets stuck. So they understand the cash flow also, that they need a certain amount in their business to be able to pay for their next lot of inventory or their stock. So understanding their cash flow is really important. They have help with that too. So it's not necessarily something they just always do themselves. So they really invest in time in understanding their cash flow. And that ties into number 10, which is knowing your numbers. So they understand what their profit margins are. They understand what their money they're spending on their their shipping. They understand what generally their expenses are, whether that is, you know, a large portion comes from marketing or that they know exactly what percentage they are investing in other expenses in their business. They understand what their gross profit margin is, what their net margin is at the end of the day they have an understanding and they can read and they take time to focus on or get someone to help them with their numbers. So they really important to know your numbers or have someone in your business who really knows them for you and can work with you and have meetings with you and discussing all that as well so that you understand what your numbers are, you understand what is going on in your business at any given time, tracking those numbers as well. So really keeping on top of where your revenue streams coming from, let's say, what percentage of sales come from online, what percentage comes from wholesale, what were the sales fluctuations last month. If you want to have certain sales projections in the next year, what do you need to have in stock to be able to do achieve that? So all of those things, really knowing your numbers, really understanding what is going on in the business and then forward projecting as well. So making sure that you understand what you need to do to achieve certain goals or outcomes that you're after. So let's just go through that again. Top 10, taking risks. So they take risks and they're prepared to take risks in their business. They diversify their sales channels. They have more than one sales channel and they don't just rely on one option there. Number three, they use multiple marketing channels. They have multiple ways for people to find them, for people to attract people and to nurture those people as well. They don't just rely on that one marketing channel. Number four, they attend trade shows if they're a wholesale. And they use that to sort of build up their business. So that's a great way to get in front and to build up that wholesale revenue stream if that's one of the elements of your business. 
Number five is in the early years, they invest back into their business. That's something that is really important that they continually to invest back into their business. Number six is they do it their way. They set their own rules and they don't worry about what everyone else is doing and don't do things just because other people are doing them. So what they might do is they might, they want to have a big warehouse where they have staff working for them and they have lots of people working for them. They do that. If they prefer to outsource everything and they'd like to work from home and then do their own thing, that's what they do. They're not worried about what other people are doing. Number seven is outsource and let go of a bit of control. So related to number six. Number eight is they continually evolve. They don't get stuck. They don't stay on one thing for too long. They're always thinking of the next opportunity and always continually evolving and improving their product and their product range as well. Number nine is manage their cash flow and they understand their inventory and their stock management. They know how much stock they have, when, where, how, and what they need to make sure that their supply chain never gets caught out to. And number 10 is they know their numbers. So really important to understand what your profit and loss looks like, what all the numbers mean, what you need for your sales projections, what you need for achieving the goals that you have, and really making sure that they dive deep into the numbers and they really focus on that as well. All right. I hope that helps. I hope that you look at that and think, okay, I've got some of those down pat. I've got some of those going on. There's some things that I can work on, but I can see that where I'm going is in the right direction. So I love to hear what you think of this and whether you think there's other things that should be included in the list or if there's other things that stand out to you that you think are needed to have a profitable product-based business. So look forward to hearing your responses. All right, speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Lotco Business Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes as they are released. And I'd be so, so grateful for a review on Apple Podcast. If you would like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, please jump onto my website at thelotco.com.au forward slash podcast. Have an amazing week and I look forward to chatting to you again soon. Bye.